You're listening to CFRC 101.9 FM here in Kingston, and welcome to Screening in Kingston. Um, I am very excited because we, we didn't actually talk about this because your news last week threw me off um i did or was it after what date is it no it was after so i don't know i have no concept of time (laughs) i wanted to give a quick shout out to the fact that i got disney plus and oh yeah a bunch and have been watching and you and many others many many others um are you having trouble some some people's are glitching the first day i had trouble but i haven't since then now i watch things quite sporadically so right. not quite the same level of binging that maybe i would have if this had come out like five years ago yeah so maybe um other people have noticed because they're on it much longer um so i don't know but i haven't had any issues other than buffering the first speeds yeah. are okay no they seem yeah it seems to be okay and my internet's terrible so <laughs> usually but norm, normally streaming services have had no problems but anyway disney plus very interesting the mandalorian tv show very interesting baby yoda baby yoda um yeah like whatever i didn't care as much about that but yeah it's, apparently you know. i'm oh, i only read well it was like i don't know i think a buzzfeed article so not true journalism but apparently lady and the tramp is really good i haven't the watched remake. that yet yeah i haven't watched it yet the live act the li- yeah. live action yeah. <laughs> the it's CGI, real dog real, it's real dogs, dogs right yes cgi the dogs the mouth and then they yeah um, no, I haven't watched that yet. I haven't really watched any movies on there yet. Um, I've just sort of looked through the catalog of what's yeah. on there. Um, but uh, The Mandalorian is, is quite interesting. I added it to my weekly shows that I watch list. Your of cycle? Shows. Yeah, I, I put it in there with uh, Watchmen and um, some other stuff. So it's all there in you there. Go. Um, we have a ton of fan questions. Probably too many. And well, they're all about you. So (laughs) (laughs) so let's dive right into it. Um, Matthew writes in, first of all, congratulations to Taylor on her engagement. This is wonderful news and wish her and sorry, I can't recall her fiance's name the best, Dan. Uh, Count me in as someone who votes for a wedding themed episode when the time comes uh, and the show better be around then, Mike. I don't know what that's referring to. Because you said... Oh, hopefully the show will still be on air. Oh, okay. A year I didn't, from now. <laughs> I, honestly, I forgot. I didn't know I said that. Okay. Um, it will be. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Uh, let's see some positivity here. Okay, sure. I don't, I don't even remember saying that. Um, do either of you have any sense of the show's plan for December? I enjoy some of these special episodes last year. There'll be um, special episodes in December. Yeah, I don't know. I we, guess we need to plan because yeah, December's next week. Yeah, <laughs> I know we've talked a lot about there'll probably be like a Star Wars-ish themed episode around the new movie to, and talking about like the, the growth and trajectory of Star Wars. Like I feel like that will be in there somewhere. Um, I personally started to make my own list of movies I plan on watching in December. So maybe I'll share that in some sort of holiday e episode. We'll definitely have... So because of the holiday schedule, we pre-record in December. Yes. So there'll be con- like Christmas content. Um, Mike produces the show and normally picks kind of how 
we record things. I haven't done any of and that. And Mike hasn't thought about it. And yeah. I'm not a Christmas buff, so I also haven't thought about it. Yeah. It's not really on my radar. We, but, um, we put no thought into this we will, yet. Well, so that's ever. kind of the whole show. Eh? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but we'll regroup, Matthew, and soon, because honestly, Christmas is a month away, so... Yeah, we, we better get, get our, recording. Our we better here. get recording. Thank you, Matthew. You will probably uh, spearhead that. Uh, we'll get on that. But there will be stuff like the because we have to pre-record. We end up having to do themed things because we yeah. can't really do new movies. And last year on Screening Kingston social media, I tried to post reviews as I went to see things. Yeah, but I think aside from it's definitely not in real time no it can't and it can't be because we both have things to do and we go away and we have christmas stuff and families and believe it or not stuff. our lives we have lives outside of the movies we do <laughs> who knew I, th- some of us more exciting <laughs> lives than others but <laughs> we do um thank you for the question matthew uh, erica yes uh says ah taylor such great news i'm so glad things are working out for you you're such a lucky girl to have found dan so cute you're lucky, by the way, and that's why she said you're the lucky one. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, I am. Um, and there, things knows, are working out for I you. I wonder if she knows Dan. And it's like, yeah, you're lucky. To Does have Dan that. know an Erica? Like, have no, you ever I mentioned? Don't think so. Um, he thinks it's hilarious that could Erica the, doesn't like. Could you this very much. not be her real name? That's something that I've been thinking A of. Pseudonym, maybe. Um, Erica then moves on quickly and says, Mike, did you see the latest trailer for the next season of Fuller House? Unfortunately, yes, I did. I didn't know they were doing another season. <laughs> one more. This is the final one that comes out in December. Sans Auntie. Yeah, she's not huge in it, though. Like, What's not her anymore. Name? Aunt, Aunt Becky. Aunt Becky. She's not actually really in it. She was more of a cameo in this Would series. Would come in, she like, every bigger. once in a while. Yeah, she was bigger in the other one, but I assume they're just going to avoid it completely. Or kill her off. They That's could, not, like, they outside the realm of no. Full House. And they have many, many a time, right, like, in the show, taken a shot at the Olsen twins. For not showing up. For not up. showing up and being involved in it. So I don't know if they'll, you know, again, I don't know. It all just I hope depends. they do a funny thing. Um, I just, I find things, I find the common things are working out for you to be, like, as if they weren't before. I know, and like, now, as if my life was really downhill. Yeah. And now, though, things are working out for it's, you. It's, everything's coming at Millhouse. Um, Lindsay has our next one. Uh, Taylor, what amazing news. That's also in all caps for those of you. I was about to say for those of you listening. That's everybody. Um, for those who don't have the. the for those who do, aren't the two of us and yeah. can see what people are writing. Um, you have to be. Uh, you have to be sure whoever marries you replaces the oh if anyone knows why these two should be wed with does anyone present think this is not a great plan (laughs) (laughs) congratulations I look forward to weekly wedding updates oh gosh I feel like Mike could create a segment for this who's with me Lindsay I'm way ahead of you because I've created a segment for this. More on that later. <laughs> yes. um, but I have created a segment for this, and we will be doing wedding so updates. So fun. I, what I I'm most like excited about, what I'm really excited about is right now, the wedding updates will probably be, like, pretty short, and you don't have much. But then well, as you get close. Really? Oh, okay. Wait for the segment, though. Okay. I've yes. set the, I've got, got, it. I've got, got, I've it. got an introduction as well, Ooh. which, because of the way in which we're doing this, you won't actually hear it. But I'll have to tune. You'll in. have to tune in and check out the introduction. Tuesdays at but Lindsay, 3 PM. it's funny. This question came in, and I'd already started on something, and this just you encouraged and Lindsay, me same to. Wavelength. Yeah. So yes, Lindsay, we will have weekly, weekly wedding updates. Yes. But wait until that time. 
Uh, Lily, congratulations, Taylor. This is such amazing news, and I wish you and Dan all the best. Any favorite movie proposal scenes? Seems like a fitting question, considering last week's news. I can't, off the top of my head, think of any movies where there's a proposal. Oh, well, like the wedding singer when Adam Sandler, like, oh, the tr- does the, it on the plane, on the with, plane the song, with the song, yeah, that's which good. is like super that's cute. Good. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like, what other movies can you think of where they're like, normally, like, wedding movies happen Post. where, like, yeah, like, well, um, you know, I thought that this isn't net. Oh, no, it is a proposal because in Crazy Rich Asians on the airplane, he runs yeah. and gets on the airplane, and they had to, the one of the bits I actually laughed at in this movie having seen this movie like five times is when he's trying to have this conversation and people keep yeah they're packing so he's like in quickly, the aisle he's quickly yeah. putting everyone's stuff away while he's trying to like <laughs> say yeah, it's like a very real thing that would have actually happened um and then i've brought up this movie before the five-year engagement right at the beginning of that movie it he kicks proposed, off with a proposal yeah. and it's everything goes wrong and she figures it out halfway through because she's being difficult. Mm -hmm. And it's a very, again, a very like real life fitting thing. Like she's being difficult about the surprise and then he just has to tell her because she wants to go go back and do whatever. And it's like, I'm trying to propose and you're ruining it. So that's another funny one. Okay. But I can't, yeah, off off the top of my head, I can't think of other ones, but you're right. I feel like traditionally it's like, oh, we're like meeting the couple like on the weekend of the wedding typically yes. unless it's one of those like where i'm introducing the person i plan on on proposing to to my family yeah. and then i want to propose to them but things happen and the family is not like good for well, like I the family stone that happens in that the proposal with um Sandra Bullock Oh yes, she proposes um, to uh, to and Ryan, Ryan Reynolds. Yes, that's street. That's also very yeah. That's a yeah. good movie too. Yeah, yeah. Those all have uh, pretty good ones. But I think you're right. For the most part, you join post proposal. Yeah. Unless it's really centered around this. Yeah. Thing, but yeah, those are a couple of them. I'm sure we'll have more because we will do when a we do our wedding episode. episode we'll we'll, we'll reassess. Have <laughs> we'll have actually prepared for that one. Um, Tyler writes, um, you know, his normal book. Uh, Dear Mike and Taylor, uh, another great episode that manages to showcase two extremes of filmmaking in the modern era, director-driven small budget versus bland and (laughs) – listen, okay, anyway, I'll read his thing and then I have something to say about his next line. Uh, Sorry, where was I? Bland and blatant blockbuster Oh, bland and blatant blockbuster booha, yes. That's a great phrase. Bland and – yeah. Um, granted, I have not seen Midway, and I don't, <laughs> I don't intend to. But Parasite has to be my pick for the best film of the year so far. So what I wanted to say, and I got ahead of myself, was when I first read this question, the line um, "I have not seen Midway, and I don't intend to" made me laugh. I don't know why, because <laughs> frankly, you just shouldn't see that's Midway. Like that's... But it's funny how he already is like, yeah, I kind of could see it's also this stupid blockbuster. That could movie. be the new skip it. I haven't seen Midway, and I don't intend to. And I don't intend to. to. (laughs) Yeah, I haven't seen Midway, don't intend to. Um, I found that even the most tragic moments in my life have a strange tinge of comedy to them. So I have always loved films that can uh, deftly deftly balance the two without giving the audience tonal whiplash. What's your favorite films that have pulled off this balance? So let's answer that question first before we get to his uh, last Everyone's asking like really hard questions that I don't have time to prep to. (laughs) Well, I think for, yeah, because for me, for me, like a a movie that has a lot of comedy in it, but is also serious, 
I think there's actually quite a few that center around death that I have found common. Yeah, like there's 50-50. Yeah, 50-50 was one. I think we brought that up yeah. last week or the week before where, where you know, you're talking about a very serious subject, but you're, you're trying to instill a little bit of comedy and mix in there because I kind of agree with what Tyler's saying. Like, I think even the most tragic moments or sad moments of your life have a certain element of comedy. If you can't laugh, you'll it. cry. Yeah. Um, there's this movie, I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, maybe you'll know it, but it, it's about a family who goes to, it's basically the, the funeral, and I believe the family is Jewish, and they have to sit, um, a, sort of against a wall as everyone come, as everyone comes in, but the family's not, like, traditionally Jewish, so it creates all these problems around Adam it. Adam Driver in this Adam movie? Adam Driver's in it, and so is... I saw this movie in theaters. Yes, and, um... It's not like the other brother, but it's like something like that. Yeah, and um, I get, Tina Fey is in it as well. And they kind of it's it's a two brothers, a sister, the mom, and they're all kind of all arguing about it. it. There's a lot of humor around what was a pretty devastating. Gosh, I cannot remember the name of that movie. Yeah, but I know I. exactly the one you're talking but, about. But but I think to me, I've actually found you know, Parasite. From what you have said, is is, is sort of a drama that has some comedic moments in it or, or has, you know, some lightheartedness to it. I can think of a lot of comedies that do a really good job of throwing drama in right. there, but I actually have a hard time coming up with the opposite. I think it's very hard to do, but I think some of the best dramas are ones where it can make you laugh one moment and then it can show you the kind of um, downside or sad sort of points of the plot or whatever the next moment. I think the, that Greek director who did The Lobster – his movies and I forget it's like Yargos. Oh, La... uh, Lath Lathanos. Yes. Yes. So his movies really do that tightrope walk. That's very true. Of um, is the movie a comedy? Is it a drama? Not so much Killing of a Sacred Deer, which in my opinion was like pretty straight thriller, but definitely The Lobster. Um, it's a pretty specific type of comedy though. Like the, the Lobster and the Favorites comedy is not quite. I think it's not for everyone. But that's the same with Parasite, right? Very, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's like Tyler's talking about a very specific mm -hmm. type of what I would call so almost dark humor, yep. black comedy. Yep. Um, so those would be like my top two, The Favorite and The Lobster. Um, a movie that I think, I guess it's not quite this genre, but Bedazzled's my favorite comedy and it's from the 60s, the original Bedazzled, okay, not yeah. the remake. The original with one, yeah. Brendan Fraser. Brandon, Brendan. Brendan Fraser? Brendan, yeah. Brendan? Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, it's about a guy. The setup of the movie is that uh, the short order cook is about to kill himself, but instead the devil buys his soul. Yes. So, like, that's a pretty dark premise, mm -hmm. but it's a comedy. Yep. Um, so, those are my picks for that type. Yeah. Of sort of, I don't know if I and I I would be definitely looking for some suggestions from people of dramas that that induce different types of comedy because I I have a hard time naming some that I that I like I I've definitely seen a lot of movies that have failed at that yeah um, where the comedy comes off strange or bland um, that that zombie movie earlier in the year that I the saw dead don't the dead don't die the dead don't die I was just, just recently thinking about that movie but how disappointing it yeah, was yeah it just it just failed in terms of its its attempts to do something kind of weird and different but still be funny because it wasn't funny um but yeah I mean it, I definitely think that I've seen a lot of comedies that have infused drama very well mm -hmm. but only a couple dramas that have used comedy right. effectively um so Tyler continues to say um I guess that's it for me 
await except to say congratulations, Taylor, on the great news. I wish you a wonderfully romantic engagement and a relatively stress-free planning experience. Um, as a recently wedded individual, I know the value of not giving unsolicited <laughs> wedding advice, but I hope you'll consider making your wedding screening and Kingston themed. You could serve appetizers wrapped in not a great plan articles. <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah. Like I got to admit, like that's, that's pretty good. In <laughs> gender. Um, uh, uh, Fancy words. Engender the promise of late night vampire themed snack that people have to wait forever for, but end up being really good once it arrives. Okay, we had, we didn't make people wait that long. People were just asking ridiculously early. But it ended up being really good. Yes, so. it did. Um, it actually ended up being two episodes. Um, put up with a speech from two weird relatives <laughs> that devolve into Star Trek nonsense for an hour, and the okay. <laughs> Okay, Tyler. <laughs> and the officiant unjustly uh, dunk on her smell throughout the service for no good reason. Congratulations again and enjoy being engaged. Sincerely, Tyler. So metaphorical, Vance. Um, Very nice. Sweet of you, Tyler. Thank you. I don't think Dan would go for a screening in Kingston. <laughs> Although I may get my I'm, – I'm kind of talking to my photographer – I may ask the screening room if I can take my engagement photos there. Yeah, save this for the wedding update. Oh, I, sorry. I gave you a segment. <laughs> Don't talk about it right now. Fair I, enough. I have a thing planned. Um, I, but thank you, Tyler. If you wanna, if you wanna dunk on her smell you, you just slap people i don't in need the a wedding i don't need a wedding yeah, i don't like, need a wedding for that you know <laughs> her like dunking on her smell like if you want your people to experience what it was like to see her smell just have them walk into your wedding slap them in the face and then just say it's art and then run away and like have like a like a screeching noise yeah her smell <laughs> It was garbage. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Um, Anna writes in, congratulations to Taylor on her engagement. The story with the photo booth was so cute. I'm a bit confused about the release of movies going both in theaters and on streaming services at the same time, especially from a director who seemed to be against streaming platforms. But what is the logic behind that? I was surprised to hear films are starting to release on both Netflix and in theaters. Thanks, team. Um... That's a good question. I don't know if Scorsese actually has ever officially said anything about streaming platforms. I think he has a problem with blockbusters. I would be surprised considering how he supports indie film. Yeah, I feel like he's okay with with, um, streaming services. Yeah. Um, But, I I mean, I think the logic behind it is if you're a filmmaker and a streaming service is going to buy your film and more people get to see it and you can still release it And essentially, like, produce it. Yeah, like... I feel like it's money talks and you're going to take the money where you can get it. But uh, I don't know. I think, you know, there's nothing wrong with releasing it at both. Filmmakers, and that was Scorsese's argument, was that filmmakers today, or um, it'll be different to see what filmmakers who grew up sort of with telephone, like um, iPhones. Yeah. Because, like, it's young people. So, like, I think of, like, my cousins who have had a cell phone since they were, like, 11 yeah they're used to a small screen right so those filmmakers who grow up will have a different sensibility but for essentially anyone like you and like our age and older we grew up seeing film and engaging with film in a very different way so scorsese's argument was that filmmakers still envision film Mm. being shown on a big screen so this is my guess my contribution to the dialogue it's not really backed by any sort of 
statistical information. But my thinking is filmmakers are, like you said, money talks. If Netflix approaches them and says, you know, we're going to give you this much yeah. money to make yeah. your dream film because Netflix gives, it seems, filmmakers much more creative license yeah, than a definitely. studio. Yeah. So I think the, the thinking is, okay, I'll go with a streaming platform in order to make the movie I want to make. But then if I have the opportunity to screen it in theaters, I will because that's the way I want um, the film to be seen. Yeah. Scorsese is going to be he's a he's an older filmmaker. I don't I think film is going to evolve to a point where filmmakers won't make that a, a concession anymore. Yeah. They won't. I think filmmakers 10, 20, 30 years from now will not be making films for a theater. They're going to be making films for an 8x13 laptop, in my opinion. But there may be a renaissance and we revert back, but I don't, it's not very often that in art we go backwards, we go Mm -hmm. forwards, right? Mm So um, Scorsese's argument, which I read in the, the Times, I think, or I think it was the New York Times, he said, you know, Netflix. I want my Netflix was great. They gave me an opportunity to make, make a movie, but I want the movie in theaters because yeah. that's how I make movies. I yeah. make movies to be seen in a theater. And I don't, I actually don't think there will be much of a difference in terms of people seeing it. Like people are still going to who want to see it in a theater are still going to go. I think a lot of people who aren't quote unquote film buffs or people who don't know a lot mm-hmm. about film history do not give a fig no. about aspect ratio no and if and i want that's gonna be yeah. the biggest that's why yeah. it's aspect ratio if like, i want to see it in the theaters i'll go see it in the theaters if i want to see something at home i'll see it at home like that's just there's lots of people who think that way i think what this does is that people who can't afford to go to the movies as often as they want to will get, get to see, get it, to see on, it yeah yeah and and uh, it, you know specifically the irishman which we're going to talk about today it is very long so I could three see three and a half hours. Yeah, like I could see the advantage of someone who has now seen it both at home and in a Did theater. Did it have an intermission? Um, not not mine. Okay, so that's raw. That's that to me is bad because old movies that were made in like they had intermissions. They yeah. had intermissions. Yeah. Why would you make a three and a half hour movie and not put an intermission? I don't know. And it definitely is three and a half hours long. We'll get there. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that's and I think you know I think that. The streaming platforms and movie theaters in some capacities feel competitive, but I think that's also been a little overblown. Like, I don't think they care. I have no, I like, I'm the biggest advocate for streaming services and streaming services, making their own movies and those being recognized yeah. as film. Yeah. So like, I don't care if they cross, like, is it, is it a little weird? Yes. But I, I think we're only going to see it more and more to the point where traditional theater may be phased out. Yeah. I don't think it's going to go entirely because there's still many, many people who like going to the movie theaters. But um, I think, you know, adapt or die. Yeah. And I part agree. of this adaption is that um, theaters are now going to show Netflix movies. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that brings us to the end of fan questions. Thank you, everybody, for writing in. Lots of Lots of great questions today. Um, if you want to contribute to the show, uh, make sure you email us at any time at screeningandkingston at gmail.com. You can also find us on uh, social media, hashtag screeningandygk. We have Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Find us all over the place. Um, so now we're going to we're going to do the first uh, wedding update segment. So uh, here's the little opening.
The wedding had to be fun. You get the decorations, families coming together. That's a nice moment. What'd you have to eat? Crab cakes. Are you kidding me? Crab cakes? How could you not have a good time eating crab cakes? I love them. And They're you phenomenal. Did you have a band? It's a great band. It's a bad band. It's like pizza, baby. It's good no matter what. There's music in the get air. Them playing, shout. Yeah. Hey, a little bit oh, 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 hey, oh. Shout hey, now. Hey, Jump up and shout now. It's now time for a Taylor and Dan wedding update. Here's Taylor. So we booked our venue. Okay. So we have a date. Venue and date. October 3rd, 2020. So I I think our show will still be around. By October 3rd, 2020? Don't. Aren't you? I mean, unless Mike moves away. Uh, No plans on it. So. But that would be, I think, purse or like. One of us ends up in the hospital. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. like something yeah, I, horrible. I don't, like, we uh, both live in Kingston. That's true. Yeah. I, I guess. Yeah. I guess if Mike gets bored. Because he's, <laughs> yeah. he's kind of the boss. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we have our venue. We have a date. Um, we have our, our wedding parties. Mm-hmm. I'm already tasking my um, bridesmaids for finding their dresses. Mm-hmm. Um, Dan's friend David has been put in charge of the groomsmen because he's the most fashionable of the boys. Um, that's important, right? You got to pick someone who's got a, an eye at least for fashion does. and can keep you know, organized. And he like people. reads like fashion, like he like yeah, like he told me I saw him on Friday. We went to their house for a game night. Him and his wife. And he goes, "Don't worry, I'm already reading magaz- like articles on how to dress a redhead." And like most men would not think because dan is a, a redhead yeah. i mean you saw us walking down the street mm. he's a redhead with a very well, large it was also beard. raining though and Bear. you guys were like really <laughs> huddled up but um in the rain so like i didn't see his yeah, hair so like <laughs> david's doing his research how to dress a redhead yeah um we have a theme which is like prairie like prairie revival Ooh, farm cool. um because our venue is a barn in rockport um I've already talked to the priest because we're getting married in a church. So really, like, all of the big things. But I'm a very A-type personality, and I'm finding that vendors are – I thought that if I ran a business. Yeah. But this would also be why I would, like, drive myself into the ground. Yeah. Because, like, I would, like, be kind of on call 24-7. But, like, I thought the vendors would be really responsive. They're not. No, not really. Like the that, caterer, that actually surprised me considering what the business they're in. Like the caterer, I granted I emailed the caterer on Saturday, but then I hadn't heard from them like for most of today. I thought, you know, the first thing you do when you own a business, the first like on Monday, you check all your emails. Yeah, check your emails from the weekend. So I was thinking by like noon hour, I would have an email. No. So called them out one, left a message. Haven't heard back from To me, that's, that's weird. Surprising. It's for catering. Like. And because our engagement is technically less than a year, we have to, like, really be on the ball in order to get – like, the wedding industry is psycho. So our our listeners, I'll give you some wedding advice. Yeah. When they say, like, a year-long engagement, like, yes, definitely – like, I would marry Dan tomorrow, but in order for us to have a nice party – Really? Like – It has to be a year. It like, has you to can't be because the only – like, the venue, he's like, we just happen to have a cancellation – Otherwise, you have to wait really? till 2021. Even in Rockport. Yeah, like October 3rd. Wow. So. Um, but did like, did you want an October like fall? We wedding? did. It worked out like really so that well. Worked out, yeah. But like, had Dan proposed to me like a week later, you wouldn't have. I probably would have yeah. gone that venue. Yeah. Wow. So I'm like very like 
anxious to communicate with the vendors to see if they're available because if they're not available i then have to you know go back to the drawing board so even around this area though that just surprises me because like i know kingston's not tiny but it's not massive either and even the surrounding area it's not like there's a lot of people here but yeah these like vendor like the photographer luckily i found a photographer that i really really like but i probably like instagrammed like seven or eight yeah people and they're like oh that's my I'd be like, we're thinking October 3rd. And they'll be like, that's so lucky. It's my last booking. Yeah. And I'm like, so, what hey, at least everything's working out, though. What like, happened? Just... What, what's, what's, what's about October 3rd that yeah. no one wanted to Nobody get married? Nobody wanted to get, yeah, what's going on? <laughs> All the cancellations on yeah. October 3rd. Yeah, wow. But anyway, so we're getting, so actually, I, I'll have a lot of, um, updates like in the beginning yeah okay because like we're getting all the vendors now but then then, like things well we're doing this every week so you're gonna have to be ready to talk i have a meet i have an appointment to meet a dressmaker in ottawa because i'm very very picky and she's gonna make my dress from scratch so very cool yeah Wow, so things are rolling real a lot faster than I thought. I honestly thought this week's update would be still engaged. We're in love. <laughs> yeah, like that's like, <laughs> it. like and like that was gonna be the end. No, of no, it. no, 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 no. Okay, very, very on the ball. Yeah, that's awesome. That's good. So there you go, October third. So uh, for those of you listening, our our wedding episode will be somewhere around then. Yes, we'll do something yeah. themed close to the wedding. Um, we'll figure that out when we get there. And yeah, obviously, I'll we'll have like see. two or three weeks off. I'm just Around the only then. the only reason why I made the comment <laughs> that, that that I could think of, I don't remember making it is you know that's a long time away so obviously yes for planning a wedding that's different you assume you guys will still be together I don't know what I'm doing next fall fair enough you know I don't know you might fall in love with an Australian lady and move to Australia yeah probably not but that <laughs> might happen. <laughs> oddly specific well it was just um, an idea yeah exactly and then then i'm so far away and hollywood might come calling they finally right. take us up on our offer to write and produce film yeah they and then then forget this show forget <laughs> my <laughs> rockport wedding yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> something else is happening yeah we're out of here um but yeah so i i'm sure we'll be around and yeah we'll do something fun with that yeah. but that's awesome and there you go that ends the first uh segment of the wedding update fun Look forward to more of those coming up next. So we do have some movies to review, or I have some movies to review. Um, well, I tried. I had a mishap. Yeah, there's there's something going on. This is actually very strange. Um, with speaking the, of speaking Netflix. Of, well, let's talk about The Irishman first, actually, because yeah. it'll, it'll go right into it. So The Irishman is one of the movies that we're reviewing, and I saw it at the screening room, but I also um, had watched it previous on Netflix. But then... It's no, it's not on Netflix now. Like it's not there, and I, st- I don't even know how the heck I watched it now, because you couldn't you, find it. Did you download? It? No, I didn't. Yeah, because you don't. No, I don't. don't do that. I don't do that. Um, now I have access to movies and and TV shows in various platforms and in various ways because sometimes you know my computer I'll change the you know IP address and sometimes in the so states. So I and, think you, know. you have the American Netflix. I'm just trying to remember if I watched it on my laptop or my television. Because my television, which is a, a, a smart TV, which I normally watch things on, I, when you texted me on the weekend and said the Irishman is not there, I went on my TV and it wasn't there. So mm. I don't know if it was there and they took it off. Like one of my theories is, is it was on for short periods of time and then they took it off when like it was a, opening and in And yeah, they're like now go see in theaters. But I've ne- but it's, it's opening in different times and different places though. So that would be weird for them to do that. So I was like – this movie is three and a half hours long. I have kind of things going on in the weekend where I couldn't 
devote. Well, you're engaged now. Your life is different. Yeah, it's busy, guys. <laughs> so I thought, you know, and I live in the West End. So I'm like, I don't have the time to drive down to the screening room, sit for a three and a half hour movie, go back home. So I thought, is, you know, yeah, I'll I'll watch it on an afternoon at home on Netflix. And I go and it says, here's the trailer. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, no, I don't want the trailer. I want to I want to play because I also have a smart TV. So I'm yeah, like, yeah. am I missing something? Yeah, yeah. And then it said like, like debuting or whatever it says Wednesday. So starting tomorrow, you can watch it again. Yeah, starting tomorrow, you can on yeah. Netflix. But yeah, it's a mystery. Yeah, and what's weird is, I mean, it was it wasn't that long ago, but it was a couple weeks ago yeah. that I watched it, and then yeah, I, I decided I wanted to see it in theaters because I wanted to, first of all, I wanted to compare my experience. Yeah, and see if there was any different. Um, well, I mean, the movie's still three and a half hours long, regardless. Um, but uh, I, you know, overall. I, there's a lot I have to say about this movie, okay. but but follow me on this. I don't have a lot of details to go into, but I have a lot of thoughts okay. because this movie is kind of what it is. There's there's not much mystery or nuance to it. This is, it is a gangster movie, true story, sort of. So they're not. And I also apparent my parents also told me this is that they they don't know what happened to Jimmy Hoffa. Like the, yeah, there's the a lot union of guy. there's a lot of theories. This is like a theory. Or a thought. Of okay. It. So yes, it's based on sort of true events, but it's still fiction. Because for our listeners who are young, um, this this Hoffa was involved was a like a union mm-hmm. bigwig, mm-hmm. and he got involved with the mob, which is true mm-hmm. in real life. And then he mysteriously disappeared. And one of the the theories is that the mob may have mm-hmm. killed him. And in this in this film, it. it you know, it kind of really focuses on two main characters. Like you've got Robert De Niro um, and you've got um, uh, Pesci, Joe Pesci, Joe Pesci. Yeah. Um, are sort of the two that you're popping back and forth between and you're kind of focusing on them. There's some de-aging that happens as well because this movie does, you know, travel. I heard that it's okay. It's okay. Once you get used to it, you still know though. You still know. well, and again, I'll, I'll credit. <laughs> we my, have Google. We can. We know what the actors look like. I'll credit. Yeah, I'll credit my dad with that exact thought. That's what he says. Like I know what Robert De Niro looks yeah. like now, so it, it is still weird. I do think it's getting better though. Like okay. in comparison to what it's been like, I think it's getting better. Like the commercial with the Will Smith movie. Yeah. That looks really good. Oh yeah, but Will Smith also looks incredibly young. At, like yeah, now, Will, Will Smith already kind of looked young. Yeah, so, so it doesn't take much airbrush. And it's the same thing with with Samuel L. Jackson, who doesn't look as young. But when they de-aged him for for the Miss Marvel movie, again, I don't think it was as shocking because he he is aging very well. Yeah, like he doesn't look super old. But Robert De Niro does look he's quite old. old. Like he's been around a long time. Isn't he like in his seventies? Oh, is he that old? I thought he was still in his sixties, but maybe, maybe he's in his seventies. I don't know. He's pretty old. But the point being, he was acting. <laughs> he was acting like in the nineteen seventies. Was he? Okay, so maybe yeah, maybe he's in his. 70s. I think we'll have to look that up. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I will say, you know, the de aging is used relatively well, tastefully, tastefully, <laughs> um, and and I do think was better than than I've than I've ever seen it than um, it, chapter two. Oh yeah, well that was terrible. That. That was awful. They were like, they got like a college intern. They were like, oh no. Yeah, they they spent to... no time and money on that whatsoever. <laughs> this was carefully crafted. Like yeah. you could see the difference. And one of the, the credits I have for this movie is that it is, um, it is too long. 
Um, and I think that that does hurt the film overall. But if you're the type of person who loves the intrigue of conversation between mobsters and the the mystery around is a character safe or not or what's going to happen, you felt that. Like this, the, Scorsese does a very good job of making tension through just two people talking. Mm-hmm. The problem I had with this movie was after a little while, I kind of found myself going, are we still talking about this? Bored. Like it's just too much. It's almost go- like – I find The Godfather really boring. Okay. Well – Okay. Also, well, another. But yes, like, no. I mean, Godfather is a great movie. Um, but that's a great point. If you like The Godfather, if you like The Godfather Part Two, you're probably going to enjoy this type of movie. Yeah. It's similar style. It's very long. It actually is, even though Scorsese is a lot. It to me, it's a. This is like a blockbuster style movie. Right. But an older blockbuster style yeah. movie where it's it's very long. You meet a lot of different characters. There's lots of stars in it. There's really intense, fantastic acting. There's focus on just be very good acting and use the dialogue. There's still action though there's still like lots of entertaining moments and i was entertained during this movie i just think it was like i'm entertained i'm entertained and now i'm getting a little Let's bored like it's a, like if you would cut things down five minutes here two minutes yeah. here three minutes here it probably would have made the movie just under three hours and you probably would have gotten away with that and that would have been fine um with that being said the theater i went to like the the audience with the big theater or, audience well, like, with, room, yeah screening the screening room. room with the people in it pretty packed house Everyone was pretty quiet. Everyone was pretty mesmerized, and everyone was pretty intense. Not too many bathroom breaks. Not too many bathroom breaks, which I was very surprised well, at. Well, three and a half hour movie. But also, the movie kept people's attention for that amount of time. So again, I think you you have to know yourself going into a movie like this. Can you sit there and be content with a and not fidget? Yeah, with with honestly, I think there was at least a twenty five minute scene of two people sitting at a table talking. Like, that's too long for a film. That may not seem, oh, 25 minutes, what's that? Well, normally it's like five or six. Yeah, like the, the action, most you ever get. Like, the action we see in a movie doesn't reflect, like, actually how long things take. Yeah. Unlike her smell, which does. <laughs> yes. Her smell is Unlike her in smell. real time. <laughs> yes. Which is maybe one of the reasons any, why you and I were like, Any Ugh. chance to take another shot at her smell, we'll take it. Um, um, one of the things that I, I really also liked about this movie is i for a movie that was complex and dense i didn't find it hard to follow and not not in a way of like it was simplistic it was it you know there's intrigue there's a lot of different characters not too many plot holes not too many plot holes no like characters that they introduce and you think who's that and lots of subtlety in things that are happening and like i was saying with the tension Mm -hmm. i really like the subtlety of the tension you know that robert de niro's character or joe pesci's character or anyone else in it is in danger by the looks and feel of the room not necessarily by i'm pulling a gun on you it's i'm a mobster exactly (laughs) you can the subtlety of this movie is one of the things that i like the most but again i could see people not liking that because it is it is subtle and it is slow at times, and it does move along like a symphony versus a, a rock, rock concert. concert. Both are 100% legitimate forms of music, but one might be for one and one might be for and another. And you know yourself. Yeah. You know, people and, know and you if have they to. can sit through a symphony, symphony, and people know if they can sit through a rock concert. But I will tell you, this movie, for me, on a surface level, is not that different from Avengers Endgame. It's a long movie with a lot of characters, with dense things that happen to them, with a journey through different time points. But don't forget one of Martin Scorsese's points was that 
this was a very like singular artistic yes. vision. Yes, yes, that's you one can of tell. the points he makes in his. You article. can tell that this is one person's vision because you don't see those holes that you often do in the larger blockbuster films, where you see, not like. They don't always clash, but you see different styles. It was it was probably cohesive. Yes, much more cohesive than than most larger blockbusters. And he probably films, yeah. has a yeah. pretty big hand in the editing. Yep. Which yep. again, I'm maybe sure you could tell that. Yeah. His detriment in that, like, yeah. you know, maybe if it was like an independent yes. editor, it wouldn't have been like three. But and a half this hours. reminds me a lot of movies I used to watch. You know. Well, as I was getting older, that that my parents would introduce me to, like The Untouchables, or even like really old movies, like How the West Was Won, yeah. and like these older, long form blockbuster movies, which just the it was long, but there was a lot going on, and it was it was it was very immersive. Dense. Yes, yeah, but immersive. Like, yeah, so that's one a great of the things like yeah. so Gone with the Wind, one of my all time yep, favorite that's another movies, one. Yep. almost four hours, yep. um, but has an intermission built into the mm-hmm. movie mm-hmm. and even if you watch it on dvd it has like the intermission like yep. plays with... for like 20 minutes yeah so you... i think titanic did at least for the for the release of i video think it did. Yeah. that by i mean i haven't seen it i do want to see it and hopefully when it comes to netflix i do have I, I can find three and a half hours to sit down and watch it but i guess that would be one of the the pros of watching on netflix is that you can pause it walk away and i do think this is a movie you can step out of and come back to even though it's immersive i do think it, it like does a, a book, good job right? yes like you can it, like it's very much like a book yeah i i feel like you can walk away from this and come back to it and be just as involved with it because it's it's well done yeah and you're not going to be too and confused. again cohesive enough yes. that yeah. you can follow the plot you're not yeah. confused if you walk away and the last kind of point i want to make about this is about some of the acting in it i do think that we may in this episode be seeing three potential nominations for acting awards tom hanks tom hanks which i'm going to talk about later but robert but, de niro yeah. and joe pesci both do fantastic works like i to me robert de niro i mean maybe it's because i'm more familiar with with his work but he does a fantastic job in this movie and i really think that you're going to see some awards buzz around and the him. academy likes that yeah that Oh, this movie has the Academy written all over it. I It will be nominated for a bunch of things. Maybe not necessarily like script or those types of awards, but I could see Scorsese getting a directing Acting, nomination. Directing. Yeah. Oh, definitely um, production design yeah. in this movie was fantastic. They did a great job of throwing you into that world. Even the colors they use to light the scenes, it's fantastic. Great. Um, but anyway, I'm, I'm giving this movie a see it, but it's like, it's kind of a soft see it, understanding because the fact because you can see it on Netflix. Because you, you can see it on Netflix, but also understanding the fact that I could really see this movie not being for everyone because of the length of it and because of the sort of just denseness of it. So you have to know yourself. If you're not like not dialogue heavy, if you're not dialogue heavy, it'll be a, it would be a skip it. But I I like this type of movie. I can kind of see this and other things and and like enjoy it just as well. So to me, it is a see it. It's just sort of a very light see it. Maybe streaming it makes more sense. But not skip it. Don't no, skip no. It. This is a good movie. Yeah, okay. definitely. Um, then I saw um, a, a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Tom you think Hanks. Is the name of the, it. Yeah, I keep confusing it with with. <laughs> Won't the you documentary. Be my neighbor, which I think Won't You Be My Neighbor is the name of the documentary, and a beautiful day in the neighborhood is a name is the name of this movie. Too which long. Tom Hanks. Um, which the title? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a lot. Come on, guys. Um, this movie's different. Um. Way different than I thought it was going to be. Is I, it a biopic? No. So it's actually not 
really about the life of Fred Rogers at all. This movie focuses on the reporter. Right. And this movie, this isn't really a spoiler, but just to kind of... I think you see of, in the trailer yeah. him talking to a reporter. Yeah. So the reporter who has been, who works for Esquire magazine, he's actually a, a um, like an investigative reporter. And he does, usually he's done takedown pieces. He does these other things. He gets assigned this. To take down Mr. Rogers. No. He oh. gets assigned to write 400 words just about Mr. Rogers because they're doing a thing on heroes. Right. And he doesn't understand why his editor has, has assigned him to this. So he obviously goes, okay, well, there's probably dirt here. So I'm going to try to find dirt on the person who's looked at as like the perfect human. Mm-hmm. Um, what's really interesting about this movie is it is framed like an episode of, of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. So it actually begins – again, this isn't a spoiler because it's right at the beginning of the movie. It begins with Tom Hanks coming in singing the opening song and talking about his friend, this this reporter. And so from that point forward, it's framed as if this is the show and we're going to meet this guy right. and this guy goes through it. But but he, the reporter is the main character of this, Played of this by. movie. Um, Matthew, I think it's like Ray's is how you say his last name. It's like R-H-Y-S. Not like a super – He was in the Americans TV show. Uh, that was on for a couple of years, and he's been. You, the, he's the husband. In yeah, the I think so. I think so. But dark, I, dark I just hair. don't. Know he was, yes, dark hair. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's been in a bunch of random things. Like I looked up his IMDb, like just random. Bit but not roles. like a household name. No, no. This isn't. No, it's not like it's not a household name compared to Tom Hanks. Compared to Tom Hanks, yeah. Which you know is interesting because it wasn't the film I thought it was going into it. But yeah, to cast. Tom Hanks and him not be he's he's really I mean he probably will get nominated for for best supporting I think he'll they'll they'll probably nominate him for best actor but he's a supporting role okay like if you look at it from the definition of supporting he's um, technically a supporting character it makes me think of um Silence of the Lambs when yes. Anthony was Anthony, did he win Best Actor or Best? I think he won Best Actor. I think he won though, Best Actor, even and though he it's holds a like the record of like yeah. the shortest screen time for a, for an actor. Yeah, yeah. And I I could see them doing a similar thing because you're not. Inter- it's all strategic when you're trying to go for awards. They're yeah. not going to nominate the the reporter guy for any award. Like it, it it's not his fault. It's the nature of the role. He's playing the the everyman in in the world mm-hmm. so or in a comedy you call it the straight man it's the person who's like supposed to be representing your audience yeah. where he's sort of the the quote-unquote normal person in the world full of crazy people yeah so he he's got a lot of bad things going on in his life and it's basically about how mr rogers changed his life um and how you know this turned into a bigger piece right. that he ended up writing on him it's based on a true story or at least it's inspired by a, a real reporter who who met him and talked to him but that's kind of the interesting framework of of this movie is you get this kind of half broken person who's pretty realistic mm-hmm. i would say but comes relatable off, yeah but comes off when you talk to mr rogers as someone who like when they're in the same room he comes off as a cynic Right. But I actually think he's probably closer to the way all of us think on a day-to-day basis. Well, like, how often are people, like, people were shocked when they saw the Mr. Rogers documentary and found out that, like, there weren't skeletons in the closet. Yeah, and like, that's, we, yeah, that's the expect, interesting thing. Yeah. You expect it. Like, yeah. there must be, like, one weird thing about him. Like, oh, like, he wore his wife's clothes at night. Like, you know, like, yeah. not that that's, sorry, not that that's. 
weird. But like again, that's, oddly specific. But that again, like that's like you're expecting something that is below the surface. Even if it's just see. that one yeah. weird quirk yeah. about the person, yeah. and then it turned out, oh, he's actually. He's exactly how he presents himself to be. And the movie does a great job of doing that. Okay. An absolutely fantastic job of showing that and showing almost frustration for the reporter. It's like, I want the dirt. Yeah, who who's sitting. There's one scene in particular, again, not a spoiler, but because it's just in there. But there's one scene in particular where he's sitting with Mr. Rogers and they're talking about parents and, and the reporters had a hard you see has had mm-hmm. some issues with with his father and, and other parents and, and sort of parental figures. So he um, he says almost as a stab to Fred Rogers is like, well, you know, it would have been would have been pretty hard for your kids having you as their father. And there's this again, it's Tom Hanks. There's a subtle pause and you think any other person would have a freak out. And all he says is like, yeah, I, I bet it was. Like, thank you so much for pointing that out. It's like, it's nice that you're thinking about my kids in that way. And he's being genuine. And the report, he gets up, and, like, the reporter gets up and leaves yeah. in the scene because he's just so frustrated because he's like, how can you possibly be? But that, again, they show that in, in the way Tom Hanks plays him is he's a genuine, nice person who believes kindness is the only way to to relate to people. And when, he, when Tom Hanks says things that you know Mr. Rogers has said about you know, again, there's another scene where he's saying to the reporter, the most important thing right now is me talking to you. And you believe it mm-hmm. because it's the way Tom Hanks is playing it. You don't think it's fake. You believe it. Um, and that's, again, a credit to the way that the role was acted. Like, he did an amazing job playing this character. Um, I mean, I can't say enough about that. Like, that's a, he, he deserves a, an award for something. I just don't know where it's going to sit in supporting right. versus actor. But this is this is a really fun movie. Um, it's got a lot of heart to it. There's a few director convention things I didn't like. So, like I was talking about how the movie sets it up as, as the TV show. Mm-hmm. All, or it tries to, all the outside scenes, it does the, the little, like toy model of a car moving to go into the city like the show was but they lose that convention at times like they pick and choose moments where it's like oh the reporter is traveling so here's a toy airplane it's like the man the the old man and the gun where like they sometimes added archival footage but then and then took be consistent is my only thing and i think i think this director was trying to connect that playfulness with the moments where, well, if the character's kind of outside of this world, then it's not like that. But when he's in it, it, it was it was too complex. If that yeah. was it, you had a good convention. It was going and it was working. And then for reasons unbeknownst to me, you showed a a shot of of a cityscape when every shot of a city had been a, a model up until that point. So just bad continuity. Yeah, the and I think that again that to me that's a director problem. That, that has nothing to do with anyone else but the director who chooses those things. Right. Even though the cinematographer may shoot it, the director chooses that. Yeah. So I think that this movie does suffer some from some poor directing decisions. There's also a couple weird scenes in kind of a sequence that's a little poorly done. Um, but acting-wise, top-notch. I'm giving this movie a see-it. There are just, again, little things that I pick out of this. I don't think this is the best movie of the year, and I don't think it deserves to be nominated for Best Picture because of those flaws. But give Tom Hanks an award right now. Absolutely. He did a fantastic job, and the movie is very, like has a lot of heart. Really great 
time at the movie theater. Again, very different than The Irishman, but still yeah. entertaining, right? They're still both can be entertaining in very different ways. So yeah, the movie for me is is still a see it, but um, I'm just giving that little little note of criticism as I don't think the direction in this movie was was as strong as it could have been, which would have elevated this movie to more of an Oscar contender. I think this is a step above an HBO film where it would, went straight to on a TV budget. I think it's a little bit of a step above that, but not much because I just don't think the direction was very strong. Fair enough. But anyway, that's my review. Um, so yeah, I'm giving, uh, I think it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, a see it. The Mr. Rogers uh, yeah, one. Yeah, the Mr. Rogers movie with Tom Hanks. It's a see it. And The Irishman for me is a see it as well. Um, let's go right into Not a Great Plan. It's time for everyone's favorite segment, beloved by every single listener, Not A Great Plan. Let's do a head count here. Your brother, the demigod, a super soldier, living legend who kind of lives up to the legend, a man with breathtaking anger management issues, a couple of master assassins, and you, big fella, you've managed to piss off every single one of them. That was the plan. Not a great plan. That's right, it's not a great plan where we take a look at headlines and current movie news and see what Tony Stark thinks of them. Here's our first headline. The producer of Bohemian Rhapsody is making a Michael Jackson movie. Not a great plan. This is interesting considering the documentary that came out. Um, so it's Graham King, so it's the one that wasn't in trouble. Because there's yes, a he, little, it's he, a little confusing. He was the Rocket Man director, and he came to replace uh, Brian Singer so for he, Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, he Rhapsody. produced Graham King. So, anyways, he's acquired the rights to Jackson's life story from his estate, which means the family has granted him yeah. the rights to this story. He says it's not going to be a sanitized version, but the family doesn't. They're like, we're not going to shy away from the compli- like the the dark yeah. parts, and. The like, the sex scandal aside, like he had a very, you know, there's rumors that like his childhood was re- really rough. I don't yeah. even know if these are rumors or if this is just like on the historical record, but like his father like abused all of the kids and all this kind of stuff. So I'm, quite frankly, I'm surprised. I'm surprised too that the family granted the rights and to i don't him. think this is a good idea i actually don't like it's just it's gonna too... be contentious yes that's the thing it's it, it's already contentious without having to see a, a a second of that movie just just from i mean i, I having i watched i sat through a very difficult documentary though there's the so one. many question marks yes how do you make a i mean you could do something like the irishman where it goes into uh, to to theory sure it goes into conspiracy yep, you could do that but like how do you portray the life of a man with so many question marks while still being authentic by still respecting the wishes of the family, respecting the wishes of his alleged victims? Because you don't want to once upon a time in Hollywood it either where you completely forget about the whole point of the thing around it and do something completely different with it. Like you It'll don't want be- to do that. And one of the the articles, so I get all my news from the AV Club, which, like, they write their articles, like, pretty snarky, like, pretty sarcastic. So they're saying, you know, like, oh, and, like, this is the man behind, like, the man who made the most uncomplicated movie about one of the most complicated figures in rock and roll. So, like, so the, the fear of him sanitizing 
Michael Jackson's life is there. It's legitimate because he did that with the Freddie. Rocket Man was pretty blunt. That's <laughs> like true. Rocket Man was, That's I would true. say, more so than it Bohemian did not Rhapsody. shy away. No, that, I mean, but Elton John was right there pushing it forward, so I'm sure he was involved. But still, that is that movie is definitely not you know dulled down. From it's so hard happen. when like the person who you're portraying isn't alive. Yes. To and like just to sign off on it. But you know, like his victims or alleged victims, depending on what camp you belong to, like, you know, even if he was alive to defend himself, the victims still say, you know, yeah. he did these things. To, to me, that's the thing. Like, it almost, I don't, like, it does matter if it happened or not, but it almost doesn't in context of this because they're here anyway saying it anyway. So it's going to cause controversy. It's going to be all over the place. And he wants to do the whole life. So it's right. not like so from him as a kid all the way like Jackson Five stuff all yeah, the way up to, uh, by okay. the sounds of it. So it won't be like Rocket Man where you know it ends. Yeah, it's a very specific um, point of his life. So <laughs> stay tuned on that. Stay one. tuned. I mean, the success of Bohemian Rhapsody and Rocket Man goes to show that there is a market for these musical biopics. Oh, I and think Michael always, Jackson will sell the it's same. It's yeah. definitely gonna fill seats. I'm really interested to see how this movie's gonna play out yeah, without too. running into conjecture and without running into controversy or um, uh, conspiracy or like theory yeah. is kind of like how do you portray the life of someone authentically when the jury's out yeah. on how he lived his life. I Yeah, I agree. So That's what's weird. He did so many, so much yeah. stuff behind closed doors. Yeah. The, yeah. Okay. Uh, next headline. The Batman cast John Turturro as crime boss Carmen Falcone. Not a great plan. Yeah, this Batman cast. Did I say getting... his name right? John Turturro. Turturro, from uh, yeah, a bunch of things. Yeah, he's been in. Yeah, John, John could... Turturro has been in. Yeah, he's a geez, character like, actor. Oh yeah, he's been in like um, a lot of movies. Um, this isn't really one of those like it's not. Depending on how you, this like, movie's your just a very interesting cast yeah. though. Like this movie it's is not becoming more and more not fascinating. A great plan, yeah. But so he joins just as a recap. Paul Dano is going to be the Riddler, which I think it's great casting. Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman. Colin Farrell as the Penguin. Yeah, that's very interesting. Colin so, Farrell as the Penguin. That's very I mean, John Turturro, I can see him as sort of a crime. Like, I, mm-hmm. I buy that mob crime boss. Yeah. He has that look. He's played both villains as well as sort of sympathetic characters. So to me, that's not weird casting. This is definitely going to be in my opinion, a drama. Yeah. This isn't going to be a Tim Burton. No, I think this is going to be quite serious, quite dark. Just like having Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell actually, to give him credit, has very good comedic timing if you see him in The Lobster. Yeah, but he is much more of a usually dramatic actor. I mean, yes, he's done. I mean, he's done some kids movies. Like he did Dumbo and he was in the other he's in another he's in a vampire movie, movie. And, yeah so um, he's done other things it's just like but just based on this cast and like paul dano is the riddler paul Dano's like yeah. this isn't this definitely is not it's different be... than the jonah hill rumor like you know what i mean like Which it's a very made, different yeah. switch right like it's a different tone and the old penguin um from Dan- timber and... oh Dan, um devito danny De- devito yeah. danny devito like could not be more night and day, Colin Farrell. And oh yeah, Danny it's DeVito. very different. So I mean, that's good. It's it's good. Yeah. To have like you know this is going to be a new franchise, but yeah, yeah definitely um, some interesting casting. Very I th- interesting. It's shaping up to be a pretty interesting. And then of course, unless you live under a rock, um, 
Pattinson. Robert as, Pattinson as, is, uh, uh, is Batman. I didn't think I needed to recap no. that, but just for, <laughs> you, you know, know. <laughs> general interest. Um, yeah, so cool. we'll see what happens. Give us one more headline. Todd Phillips calls Joker sequel, uh, reports, anticipatory, anticipatory at best, clarifies there's not a contract. Not a great plan. That doesn't mean he doesn't want one, though. He's saying there's oh, not no, a contract. Like, he, doesn't mean... He's essentially saying that, like, it's going to happen. Yeah, it's going to happen. But for you guys, I guess there was a report from a certain certain news broadcast or, like, I don't know, like a magazine or whatever that was saying, like, it's a done deal. Like, he's going to make a series of gritty reboots. Oh, Like, that was, like, that that. he's, like, signed on. And he essentially went on record saying, like, no, that's outright, like, false, like, false reporting. A contract hasn't been signed. Of course, with such... He essentially said a movie doesn't make a billion dollars without us talking about a sequel. Yeah. So it's only a matter of time. No, and I we all kind of suspected that would happen, and, and it's just kind of – but again, money talks, and he's going to crumble to money. I mean, yeah, whatever. he's going to sell out. Um, but that's all the time we have this week. So thanks, everybody, so much for tuning in, and uh, catch us next week. Go see some movies.